Hey, and welcome to Beyond Motherhood Radio. I am so honored to share this space with you. Here we'll talk all things motherhood, parenting, relationships, mindset, child development, and tapping into your purpose, all to help you live your most aligned and best life. My name is Brittany, and I am married to my high school sweetheart, a mother to four children under the age of six, a certified parenting coach, and a former elementary school teacher turned stay-at-home mom. I am on a mission to help you raise amazing humans while living your purpose and staying somewhat sane in the process. If you're ready to go beyond motherhood, let's jump in. Hello and welcome back to the newest episode of Beyond Motherhood Radio. I am your host, Brittany LaJoy. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about ways to offer praise to your children or your students that will promote internal intrinsic motivation and reward. I hope you're having a great fall so far. If you're like us, you're probably gearing up for Halloween. I am not a fan of Halloween. I don't like to be scared. I don't like to dress up in costumes. I remember in my 20s when it was Halloween was like such a big deal because you would go out to a bar and you would get dressed up and it would be, I hated it. I just hated it. I don't like candy consumption now that I have kids, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All the things, not a fan. But we're here and I put on a face for my kids and I I I just get through it. Kids literally talk about Halloween from August until October. And also, why is Halloween multiple days long now? There's there's like trunk or treats and there's trick-or-treating off the streets and then there's regular trick-or-treating. My kids literally have no idea that Halloween is actually one single day. <laughs> they think it's like this whole week-long event because there's so many things now. It's not just trick-or-treating. They keep saying, I'll wear this costume to the trunk or treat and then I'll wear a different one to trick or treating. No, 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 no. You'll wear the same costume to every event that we're going to. We also have like a dance that we're doing. Hmm. I'm sure I'm not alone in thinking Halloween is absolutely absurd nowadays. Kids don't know how good they have it. I guess, I guess they have it good. And I also wish that it was like it was when we were kids. There's one single cold late night one chance to sort your candy one day. Anyways, if you're gearing up, so are we. And we are then after that in the depths of holiday season. So the fun is about to begin if you are, if you're a parent or a caregiver. Other things that are happening right now are parent-teacher conferences. If your kid's in school and meeting with the teachers, kids have been in school for about a month and a half, at least in the, where I am, Northeast. And by that time, teachers are able to have a really good pulse on the classroom and the potential needs of the students. With that said, your conference could have gone either way. It could have been a positive experience or maybe you just kind of pulled out the comments that were seemingly negative because we all do that. You know, I'm sure that there were so many things that your teacher said about your kid, uh, about your learner that were amazing. And then you just heard the one or two things that maybe stood out as negative. Maybe the teacher said that your child acts a certain way at school and you can't even believe that they're talking about the same child because at home they are like wild animals and at school they listen and they're attentive and they are engaged. And that's kind of where I want to jump off from today because today I want to offer some phrases and conversations that will aid in a few things. First, this verbiage that I'm going to use today will help your child gain intrinsic motivation Intrinsic motivation is when you are motivated to do things because they're personally rewarding for you, 
not because there's an outside reward. Intrinsic motivation is the goal because it is long-lasting and self-sustaining. And children will experience higher levels of creativity and uh, in like innovation, personal growth. Whereas if they are extrinsically motivated, it is a short-term impulsive thing with, and it's dependent on external factors, like doing something to please someone else. That would be something that you would do if you were extrinsically motivated. The personal growth here is low in extrinsic motivation because when we are externally rewarded, when that when that reward is achieved, it does not feel satisfying. And then the cycle keeps on going because you're always going to be seeking something outside of you. And the cycle keeps on going and you're kind of spinning your wheels and you're kind of always reaching for that external reward because you're seeking something that's literally outside of you. This is why as often and as soon as possible, we want to help our children with their internal intrinsic motivation. And I feel really strongly that you can develop this muscle for yourself and for your kids. But I also feel like there's a certain level of intrinsic motivation that is innate for kids. I think it's like even in younger grades, you can, it's kind of obvious who is externally motivated and who is innately intrinsically motivated. There's obviously benefits for both, but if we're seeking long-term results, we want the internal, intrinsic Those words can be synonymous here and that type of motivation. Secondly, the verbiage that I'll be sharing today will promote a growth mindset. A growth mindset is extremely important. And again, the younger we can start that, the better. This science and this research of growth mindset is actually fairly new. And so when we were in school, I am in my mid-30s now, it wasn't even a thing. It wasn't talked about. It was just, it, it wasn't It wasn't something that we focused on. And now in school, it can be a whole, you can base your whole entire classroom on, on a growth mindset. Uh, it can be kind of like the theme of the classroom. I talked at length about emotional intelligence a few episodes back, and I hope that I was able to convince you in that episode about how important it truly is. The breakdown of EI highlights five components, self-awareness, social skills, empathy, self-regulation, and motivation. Hello, this is our goal. This is what we want, all of the above. A growth mindset and emotional intelligence, in my opinion, can and should go hand in hand. So what I'll be sharing today for you to say to your kids will in turn help all of these areas of growth. And when we talk about growth mindset, we are referring to the idea that intelligence can be developed. And on the contrary, a fixed mindset says that intelligence is static and cannot change. This can be practiced. Thanks to neuroplasticity, your brain can change. If you think right now about the people in your life who have a fixed mindset, they might be the people who say, I've always been this way. I won't change. It won't change. Or I hated math, so my kids will too, or that's why they're bad at it. I used to hear versions of this all the time when I was a teacher at conferences when we would bring up maybe concerns or, you know, just data that we had kind of gone over. It was always like, well, I I, I didn't like it either. So my kid's not going to like it. No. <laughs> or I'll just stick with what I know. These are all examples of fixed mindsets. If you don't adhere to this narrative, it might actually be triggering for you to be a part of a conversation with 
individuals who have a fixed mindset because you already adhere to the philosophy of a growth mindset. You seek to embrace these challenges. If you are part of a growth mindset, if you have a growth mindset, you know that your brain is tangible, trainable. You can learn from feedback. You're inspired by the success of others. And the whole idea is that you're not where you want to be yet, but you know it's possible to get there. Your brain is always changing. It's just a matter of how you use it and literally how you speak to yourself. And so with these ideas in mind, you will be able to help your littles grow their brain literally too. So today let's talk about positive, specific praise and thoughtful interactions. Now, I want to start by saying there is absolutely a time and a place for the good jobs and I love it and you're so smart. But I will argue that praising the process over the product goes so much further. The following conversation starters or phrases will help a child feel valued and appreciated. For example, let's just think of this scenario. It might be at your house or it might even be in your classroom. Your child or your student come to you with an art project or some work that they really want to show you they're really proud of or they just want to just want to show it to you like in a classroom, like I'm done, here it is. You look at it and you say, good job. And then they walk away. This is positive, right? You're not saying, oh, crappy work. You know, you're giving them a good job. Yes, but it does not highlight the process. It does not acknowledge their effort. Effort is huge. We're acknowledging effort. And it does not share anything about who they are as a person nor does it leave them with a true connection that they're seeking. So if a child brings you something and asks for your response, they are actually seeking a connection with you. Keep that in mind. They're always seeking connection. Kids want to be safe, seen, and heard. Here are some phrases that will aid in this long-term success that we hope to instill. Okay, so let's go back to that example. Your student or child shows you some of their art and you say, wow, tell me about it. Now, I've done this a couple of times actually in, in the classroom that I'm working in now and you might get a blank stare. If kids have never been asked to tell about a project that they've done or tell about some work that they've completed, or tell about any, like if they're building a train set or building with blocks, if they've never been asked to tell somebody else about it, then they will probably, probably be met with a blank stare. And how do you get over that blank stare? You give them some words, you give them some of that, some language. Um, let's talk about a train set. So they're building a train set and you say, wow, tell me about it. You meet them, they meet you with a blank stare. You say, Oh, I see you used the red train. Or I see you used the hill in your train track. Can you tell me about that? What's going to happen when the red train goes over that hill? Or if you're talking about work or an art project, you can say, tell me about your picture. And then you can point to a specific thing in the picture. Uh, what is this over here? This to me looks like a tree. Is that right? Something of that sort. So you might be met with a blank stare if they've never had to or been asked to. Tell me about it. Some more phrases. What were you thinking when you chose those colors? Hmm, where'd you get that idea? You worked so hard on that, I can tell. 
This is one of my favorites, actually. You worked so hard on that, I can tell. Or I can tell you you worked hard. Or I can tell you tried your best. Those are my favorite because it's very similar to the I love it, whereas it's not something that you need to fully engage in a full-on conversation with them. And if you're dealing with an entire classroom of of kids, the tell me about it through the two-minute conversation isn't always going to be possible. So this is a great one to get your point across that you're acknowledging the process, you're giving them specific positive praise, and we can kind of move on more quickly. So you worked so hard on that, I can tell, or you tried your best. What was your favorite part? Or what is your favorite part? And then I love this one too, because this one asks the question and gives them the opportunity to reflect themselves. How about, did you try your best? Did you try your best? A lot of the times they're going to say yes, even if they didn't. But even if they say yes, they get that connection from you. They know you're thinking about them and their results and the process of how they accomplished their task. Another one, I love your creativity or your work matters. These ones we can kind of just move through quickly, right? This one I love too. And this one you can use in all situations. I'm listening. I'm listening. These phrases, along with literally thousands of other variations, these ones are just top of mind, things I use quite frequently, ones that uh, can go a really long way in your conversation and connection with kids. They can be used for nearly every situation. So replacing the good job can take the relationship, the trust, the bond, and probably most important, the brain development of your child so much farther. And further, variations of these phrases and and comments can happen when your child is attempting to express their own independence and personality. And and I'm thinking of getting dressed on their own, for example. You might say, wow, what made you choose that outfit today? Or even, wow, tell me about it. And this, as hard as it might be, try not to say it with any sarcasm. Because I know if it were my daughter, I would might say that, what made you choose this outfit today? And it will be something that clashes completely. And I've talked to a lot of moms that have similar daughters to mine. And they think it's like the most beautiful thing in the world. And they say flowers and flowers, although they're two very different types of flowers, very different colors, but they're flowers and flowers, so it matches. And it's hard to let your kid express their individuality this way and their independence this way. But I encourage you to let them do it as much as possible and as often as possible. This is also a great time for praise specific to loving your child exactly as they are and giving them affirmation that authenticity and individuality is valued in your home, if it is. I also want to highlight here that if you have a daughter and a son too, but if you have a daughter especially, Please tell her she's beautiful. I I think this goes this goes in the opposite direction of the rest of the podcast that I just shared with you and giving specific positive praise and, and praising the process as opposed to the product. This is the opposite. But this is an important exception here. Tell her she's beautiful. Yes, she's brave. She's smart. She's funny. But she's also beautiful and she needs to embody that. So we need to tell that to her every day or as often as possible. Because remember, I've said this many times on this podcast, our words become their thoughts. Our words 
become our children's thoughts. Our actions, our modeling becomes what they know to be true as well. And I want my daughter to know that she's beautiful just the way she is, mismatched dresses and all. Children are more likely to repeat the positive behavior with recognition that acknowledges who they are as a person. So if we're continuously speaking to them and giving them that praise that acknowledges that they are a wonderful human and that they they do have so many gifts and they are able to engage in conversation that's intimate, that, that provides a connection for them, they are going to repeat that positive behavior easier and more often, which is the goal, right? Our goal here, and I think a lot of what your goal is by listening to this podcast is how can I get my child to have positive behavior and think of themselves in high regard and grow up to be resilient and grow up to be strong and kind and thoughtful and intelligent and smart. We we all want those things. And it starts with us and it starts with the way that we speak to our kids. Children are also more likely in these situations to have more grit, try harder, and practice a growth mindset when the process is valued rather than the outcome. Okay? So I hope you can use some of these conversation starters today. Um, and I, and there, like I said, there are thousands of other ways to, to use similar variations of these phrases. But let's take a step back, remove good job from our vocabulary for just a little while, start to incorporate some of these conversations, and then in turn it will become easier and more automatic for you. Of course, you can say good job. I say good job multiple times a day. But when we turn it into something a bit more impactful, it will create a lot more long-term success for our kids. With that, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week, and I will see you next week. Take care. Hey, thanks for tuning in today. I hope you love this episode, and if you did, would you please share it with another mom friend? We cannot support each other enough these days, and perhaps sharing this podcast will bring some light to someone else in your life. Feel free to leave a rating and review so we can continue to have these important parenting conversations together. With that, I'll see you next time. Take care.